Good morning, I'm Allison Michaels with The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, July 15th. James is out, but I'll be here with the day's top headlines. Here are three stories that you need to know today. Number one. On Tuesday, the Trump administration dropped its plan to require international college students to leave the United States unless they're enrolled in the fall term in at least one face-to-face class. The Post's Nick Anderson and Susan Sferluga report that the abrupt reversal came a little more than a week after U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement issued an edict that stunned U.S. higher education leaders and students worldwide. Under that July 6th policy from ICE, international students enrolled in U.S. colleges and universities for the fall semester faced a mandate to take at least one course in person. Those students, I said, may not take a full online course load and remain in the United States. That mandate posed a major obstacle to plans for online teaching and learning that colleges are developing in response to the novel coronavirus pandemic. In the spring, the federal government had given schools much more leeway to teach international students online. Harvard University and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology had sued to block the new policy. In a hearing in that case on Tuesday, the judge announced that the schools and the federal government had reached an agreement that made the lawsuit moot. The judge said the agreement reverted policy to the status quo that had been developed in March, when schools nationwide were forced to halt in-person teaching because of the pandemic. Campuses have been sparsely populated in the months since. Harvard has about 5,000 international students and MIT has about 4,000 international students. In their suit, Harvard and MIT argued that the Trump administration's action violated the Administrative Procedure Act, which governs how federal agencies make rules. They also claimed the ICE decision was a political move calculated to force universities to reopen campuses and hold classes in person, despite the soaring toll of the coronavirus in death and illness. Scores of universities supported their lawsuit, along with more than 70 higher education associations. So did Google, Twitter, Facebook, and more than a dozen other tech companies. Number two, Joe Biden's campaign announced a proposal Tuesday to transform the nation's energy industry. Biden pledged to eliminate carbon pollution from power plants by 2035 and spent $2 trillion to turbocharge the clean energy economy. My colleagues Matt Viser and Dino Grandoni report that the plan would dramatically reduce the country's reliance on fossil fuels. The 15-year timeline for a 100% clean electricity standard is far more ambitious than anything Biden has previously proposed. It's the latest sign of Biden's attempt to reflect the liberal energy in his party. It's also a response to calls for more sweeping plans to lift an economy that is expected to feel the impact of the coronavirus pandemic for years. The presumptive Democratic presidential nominee also proposed upgrading 4 million buildings and weatherizing 2 million homes over four years. His campaign estimates that would create 1 million jobs. Homeowners would be given cash rebates to upgrade home appliances and install more efficient windows. Car owners would receive rebates to swap their old, less efficient cars for newer ones that release fewer pollutants. 
Many of Biden's proposals build on the recommendations of a task force made up jointly of allies of Biden and Senator Bernie Sanders. The ratcheted up targets came after Biden faced pressure from young left-leaning activists and major environmental groups to do more to address what they see as a generational crisis. Biden's plan is likely to trigger a vigorous debate with President Trump, who has a much different approach to the country's energy sector and climate policy. Trump, a strong backer of fossil fuels, has sought to roll back Obama administration policies aimed at decreasing carbon dioxide emissions and setting new standards for household items like light bulbs. He's also downplayed the science behind climate change, and in 2017, he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Pact. Trump's embrace of the coal industry was one of his signature issues in 2016, part of his portrait of Hillary Clinton as disdainful of America's industrial workers. It's not clear if Trump can level similar attacks against Biden or if the political landscape has shifted so much to make that difficult. Number three. Three big banks, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup, reported significant decreases in quarterly profits on Tuesday. And according to those banks, the recession triggered by the coronavirus pandemic will be deeper and longer than initially expected. Instead of a quick economic recovery at the end of the year, J.P. Morgan Chase's chief financial officer expects the recession to be much more protracted. Citigroup said in a statement that it was preparing for a higher level of stress and or a somewhat slower economic recovery. The Post's Renee Merle reports that the bank's more pessimistic outlooks come as millions of people remain out of work, thousands of small businesses close permanently, and some states begin to shut down for a second time to contain the spread of the coronavirus. The recession marks the first big test of the banking industry's resilience since the last financial crisis when banks took billions in taxpayer bailouts. This time, the industry says it is much stronger. But last month, the Federal Reserve put new restrictions on how the country's biggest banks spend capital, with an eye toward protecting the financial system from risks to the economy posed by the pandemic. A Fed analysis of the bank's finances showed that they are in good shape now, but some could struggle in the worst-case scenarios of the economic recovery. Banks have already allowed millions of customers to skip mortgage and credit card payments during the pandemic, but their customers' financial health could get much worse as massive government stimulus efforts that have kept many afloat, including expanded unemployment benefits, begin to expire. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, July 15th. Stay safe and thanks so much for listening. 